Welcome back to the Mind, Body, Spirit podcast. Today, I am here with Alexandria Genova, who most know as Allie. She is currently a sophomore at Holy Trinity and is a tennis star. Hey, guys. So why don't you start off by telling me a little bit about yourself and where you're at with sports right now? So I've been playing tennis since I was three years old, and I've been playing competitively for the past six years. I always played a lot of sports when I was little, but... um, I've always sticked with tennis. And right now in the Holy Trinity tennis team, we have a really solid team. And I think that this year we can go very far. Outside of school, my tennis career is all day, every day for 365 days of the year. There's no off season. And I always, um, I travel around the state for tournaments, sometimes out of state, sometimes international tournaments. And Uh, One thing that I have accomplished in my tennis career, in seventh grade, I got second place in states, and ever since then, I know that I will definitely do very good. I will be a good asset to the tennis team at school. And I have a feeling there might be a first place at states coming this year, possibly. Hopefully. (laughs) Either way, finishing very well. And season starts soon, right? Yes. We start training in January and matches start in February. Okay, so yeah, that's... Very soon. So just to start off, what do you do to mentally prepare for a match? Because I know one of the things I respect most about you is you always seem so calm and composed. And I think I would say that you're probably one of the most mentally strong people that I know. Oh, thank you. Before a match, I always um, I always eat good. I always try to stay calm because definitely the butterflies can get to you no matter how many tournaments you've played, no matter how many times you've trained. Um, I, I'm always nervous before a match. That never changes. And I think that eating, eating properly before a match is very important because it can definitely calm your stomach. Mentally, I think that focusing on yourself and not really like worrying about the environment around you, like the people walking by or other matches going on is very important because it doesn't matter what's happening around you. Just, you just focus on yourself and do what you need to do, not worrying about anything else. Is there anything beyond like eating um, well that you would say about your pregame ritual might be different than others or that is most helpful for getting you into game mode or like match mode? During my warm-up, I always – I have a notebook with me at all times with just um, things that I need to work on during my match or things that I can focus on. And during my warm-up, I always look back at that and remind myself what I need to do. So it puts it, like, right back at the top of your head. Yes, exactly. Right before. That's really smart, actually. I could see that definitely being helpful because then you go right into it. Mm-hmm. You go right into it, like, knowing mm-hmm. – what you should be focused on during making sure like you, that you do. Yeah. I used to have my dad tell me these things, but recently it's just been harder to have him act as my coach. So I like to do these things by myself. Yeah. And I think that'll serve you well down the road too, being able to do that yourself and remind yourself of that right before. Yes. That's awesome. Um, so then moving to in match, What do you do to remain calm and focused during a match, like while you're actually in that moment? Because I know even for me, during certain like just high stress events, um, those butterflies can come back, right? Especially when you're in the middle of it. Um, So is there anything that helps you like stay in the zone during that match? I think one thing that can also help other people a lot is 
after a point or after a stressful moment, don't look at your opponent because their emotions can also trigger your emotions, which is not good because in a match you need to stay calm, cool, and collected. So after a point, I never look at my opponent or um, or how they're doing in that moment because it can definitely mess me up. During a game or in between games, for example, during water breaks, I, I always bring my towel with me everywhere. I think that's really helpful because especially in between points, taking a second and walking over to your towel, whether you actually need um whether you actually need a breather it's always good to take time in between points does that just kind of help you like reset where you're at and make sure that you're staying focused in the moment yes especially after you just lost a point if it was a long point or not just walking over to the side and just going your towel is really helpful for me yeah that makes sense i can see how that would help because it forces you to slow down and make sure you're thinking about what you're doing mm-hmm. I could see I could see that helping after you lose a point, especially. Yeah, and the same thing if you win a point too, not getting overconfident. Yeah, of course. Too. How do you recover from losses mentally? Because obviously, I know they're never fun to take, but they happen, mm-hmm. <laughs> and you got to be able to move on from them to keep doing well. Yeah. During a match, I don't really focus on the lost points. When a point happens, you just move on and play the next one and do your best. Obviously. After a match is definitely when the loss overwhelms you and when you really realize like what just happened, especially if it was a tough loss or even an easy loss, it really, um, it's the same, the same feeling. So when I recover from a loss, I always think about what I could have done differently, but I don't let that make me think that I regret doing it. Like, I accept what I did and how I performed on the court, but afterwards, what I did wrong is something that I think about for future training, not to regret what I already did. So basically, you're saying that, like, after a loss, you make sure that you're, like, learning from it and still improving on what you might have messed up, but, like, not letting it overwhelm you. Yes, exactly. I take everything into consideration with my coach, especially. He's definitely helped me a lot over the years. I've been training with him since I was eight years old. His name's Paul Davis. We train at Century Country Club. And um, I always talk to him after every single match, and he always gives me great advice. Yeah, that's awesome. Because I know even in like some of my competitions, I used to struggle a lot with like not being able to recover properly from a loss, especially in a tournament because there are multiple rounds, right? Like it's not like just one game and then you lose and you go home or, you know, it's like it's multiple rounds. So if you let that loss get to you in those other rounds, then it's not good. Um, I've definitely had those tournaments where I just in all sorts of different competitions where I've like done badly the rest of the tournament because of that loss. Mm -hmm. And so for me, like getting over that was basically exactly what you just said, learning that. It just is a hard thing to learn sometimes. Yes, that's definitely the tough part with any sport, just being an athlete in general. Yeah, for sure. So how would this differ from after a win? Because it's the same thing. Like while a loss can be crushing, a win, you also want to be very careful not to get overconfident, especially in a tournament. Yes. I really do think tennis is one of those sports where your actions outside of the court affect your actions on the court because I really think that 
in girls' tennis, girls see you outside of the court. You could be friends, but on the court, you're not friends. Um, definitely that differs in boys' tennis, but this is the way that I think in girls' tennis, people people see the game. And after wins, it's very important, whether you're a pro or whether you're still an amateur, it, it really doesn't matter. I think that after wins, it's always important to act normally with your opponent, be modest, and then afterwards you can celebrate on your own. But I think the hardest part is while you're still around people, you it's very important to be humble, especially in a game like tennis. And then later when I'm with my parents or my coach, friends, I always celebrate. Of course, we still talk about things that we could change or mistakes that were made, but it's always nice to celebrate. <laughs> that is very true. Because it, it's, again, it's the same thing, kind of like you want to find the balance between celebrating and not getting overconfident because you don't want to not celebrate it at all because then, I mean, that partly defeats the purpose. Winning feels good and you should let it feel good because that's what makes you want to keep winning yes. too. It is that celebration that also kind of contributes to making sure that you are motivated yeah. to keep winning and working hard. It's just all about doing it in moderation exactly. is what it is. Exactly, yeah. 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 So obviously we talked about this. You talked about this a little bit at the beginning, like some of the accomplishments that you've had in tennis and some of them are very extraordinary, especially at your age. Um, so how do you train outside of school? Like do you train a certain way that you think has gotten you to the level that you're at? Because I would assume it's a, a lot of hard work. Yes. Outside of school, I like I mentioned earlier, when I was younger, I played a lot of other sports. I did gymnastics. I played soccer. I did ballet. However, that was at a very, very young age. So and then I also did a lot of swimming. I think that helped me a lot to develop the stamina that I have on the court today. And swimming was not my favorite sport, but I did it because it definitely has huge benefits to tennis. Those two sports definitely complement each other. And I think that when I train outside of school, I always incorporate tennis drills. Like if it's just doing a normal workout, I always incorporate some type of tennis footwork. Uh, for example, when I train with my personal trainer, everything that we do is in relation to tennis. It's not like a normal workout or something you'd see at the gym. Everything is related to tennis that would help me on the court. Also, I am on the track and field team at Holy Trinity, and I have been doing that since seventh grade. And I love doing their preseason training and their on-season training. It's great conditioning for tennis, especially the sprints and any sort of running. And I know Allie's trying to sound humble here, but but don't be fooled by her attempt at sounding humble. Uh, Allie could also very well be a track star if she put the same amount of time that she put into it as she does tennis. Her speed is incredible. I mean, trust me, I've witnessed it. She definitely, she definitely dusts me every time that she's at practice. Um, but we love having her out there. And yeah, I mean, you would be amazing in track too I mean you are even without fully committing like time to it because you're obviously your time commitment number one priority is tennis um but even without track being that you're still incredibly fast which is crazy <laughs> thank you <laughs> um so what would you say has been your biggest obstacle in your tennis career so far I think that my 
biggest obstacle has definitely been staying committed. There have been many, many times that I've wanted to quit. I've wanted to give up. And I have before, actually. I did quit in sixth grade. And even last year during a match, I was losing and I just didn't feel like playing anymore. So I just I bombed the rest of the match. And I really do think that obstacles like that are the hardest playing any sport as any type of athlete, especially in tennis when it's such a mental game and such an independent game. I really do think that playing tennis has taught me so much about myself and I've learned so much about self-control and and independence on and off the court. Yeah, that's definitely that's definitely a tough obstacle to overcome. I mean, I think in anything, staying committed, when you have to put in the level of work that you have to to achieve that level, because I know for you, that's probably like, I mean, that's been your entire high school experience, middle school experience, probably a lot of elementary school too, has been associated with tennis. So I feel like even like, that's a hard struggle to have with yourself, because because it's such a big part of your identity, it's hard to even give up too. But like, when you're having those moments of like, questioning that it can still be like I've had I mean I've gone through the same type of thing with football where it was it was more so like there was so much negativity in the beginning like surrounding what I was doing where a lot of people like it it was a lot at one point where um I mean it makes you question a little bit why you're doing it but I think the important part then becomes like when you choose to keep doing it that's kind of how you get yourself to the next level too because I think to get to the next level in whatever you're doing you're going to have to overcome that obstacle at some point. Because I think most athletes that have gotten to a high level, at some point in their life, they questioned whether they should be doing it or not in that sport. And the important part is then deciding there that you should be doing it and that you do enjoy it. And so I'm assuming like you love playing tennis, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that helps too, where you just kind of have to recognize that you enjoy it too. I do agree with that because – Over the summers, I spend a lot more time training than during a normal school year. For example, for the past two or three summers, I've been going to an academy in Tampa, and I usually go there for a month, just training six hours a day, three hours in the morning, three hours in the afternoon. And I have friends there that go to the academy, and we all train together. And it's a great experience. I love going there. But this past summer, it just – I got very bored of it. And so I left early. I didn't I didn't want to do it anymore. And then and then afterwards I had a tournament and I did not perform very well. So of course I recovered and I had another tournament a few weeks later, which was a nationals tournament for 18s. And I won the whole thing, actually. <laughs> so that was a a great experience for me. So what got you? there from that bad tournament to then a couple weeks later and go have an outstanding performance. What was it in those couple of weeks that you think got you back to that point? Honestly, I really don't know. But one thing I can say is before that tournament, I played a lot of just practice matches and I really think that helped me. Do you think the frustration maybe from that loss or like the really bad tournament might have motivated you more too, even just practicing. That is very possible. But as a tennis player, that's very uncommon because it is it is known for all tennis players that frustration is 
never going to help you on the court. If you, if you yell, if you smash your racket, whatever ways you want to release your anger during your match, it's very uncommon for that to actually help you. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely during a match. I could see that that would not help. I know, I know, I know like um, a lot of jokes usually get made about like how tennis players, like the the whole smashing their rackets thing and the anger issues. (laughs) The stereotype. Yeah. mm -hmm. And like, right, even my brother, when he played tennis, like those beginning stages, there were, there were games where he definitely wanted to do that. And I mean, I think that probably happens to a lot of people where like, especially in the beginning, Mm -hmm. when you have to first kind of experience that feeling of like losing in frustrating ways. Mm -hmm. Um, that can happen. But do you think that like feeling that feeling of losing, like having to go home after that tournament, for example, knowing you just had a really bad performance and like having ch- like chosen to right, like leave the academy early a couple of weeks, do you think that made you then the next couple of weeks approach practice differently at all or in a more motivated way? Definitely in a more motivated way. I don't really change my practice because of a loss unless there's something specific I want to work on. Yeah, unless there's something specific you know you messed up on. Of course, yes. But I don't really take a loss. Every time I lose, I don't think that's – I don't give myself that reason that I need to change something about myself, something about the way I'm performing. I think the hardest part about a loss are the people around you because – Myself, when I lose, I get over it very quickly. I always consider the things I did wrong, but definitely the other people around me. But once you realize that, you can usually move on. Yes. Yeah. I move on very quickly. But the people around me just influence me so much that sometimes it makes it harder to move on, which I I really do think that moving on is the most important part after a loss because you can't perform well in your next one if – you You're don't focused on that one. Exactly. If you don't put the past behind you. Mm-hmm. But it always sucks, like, letting other people down. So that, is that what gets to you the most, you think? Yeah, Letting other people down? Exactly, yeah. yeah. Other people, definitely. Yeah, that makes sense. Now, just to, just to switch it up a little bit, it gets maybe more of, like, a positive mm-hmm. tone. Um, yes. What's your funniest or your favorite memory from tennis? So you can give – mm-hmm. if you want to, you can give one with, like, the school team and then one outside of the school team. Yeah. Um, definitely the school team has brought me the best memories because we are a team and outside of school tennis, you're not a team. You're just there individually. Yeah. Yeah, It's very individual, very independent. So on the school team, when I was in seventh grade, it was my first year playing the team, my first year playing line one. And I was having a practice match with coach Clark and the courts were slightly wet yet. We still decided to practice. And I hit a drop shot, which is a shot that lands very closely over the net on the other side. And so he had to run to get that one. And as he was sprinting, he slipped in a puddle and fell and hit his head. And he had to go to the doctors later that day. And he told me that he had a concussion and something was wrong with his eardrum. I really don't know, but (laughs) it was a very strange situation. I felt very bad. I didn't know what to do. (laughs) It's sad to say that that's my funniest moment, but now that I'm looking back at it. Looking back on it, it's more, it's, it's funny. It's always funny looking back on it. Yeah. It's it's not like, like, you know, he's fine now. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I'm sure the rest of the team had. Yes. The rest of the team definitely made funny comments about that for a, a while. There was also another time actually every year that I've played the team I've managed to hit someone with my serve 
I, I really don't know why. When I was in seventh grade, I played doubles with Karina Popovich, and we were warming up one time for a match against uh, Vieira High School. And I was just practicing my serves, and I didn't realize that we were done practicing. So I hit a serve, and I just nailed it in her stomach on accident. That sounds crazy. Yeah. And you probably hit it pretty hard, too. Yes, she <laughs> curled into a ball and just – I felt very bad. And last year we had a sixth grader on the boys team play line one and I hit him with my serve. And I, it was, I felt very bad. Oh my gosh. So basically every year. Yes. I don't remember two years ago, but those are the only two situations I currently remember. That's funny. Are there any from track? I know that we've probably had some, look, we've definitely had some funny memories just even during practice. We've definitely had funny memories. With Coach Bailey, especially he makes. I feel like Coach Bailey just being there just makes it funny. Exactly, like, he he makes any fo- any moment funny. Really, he really does. Yes, he does. Um, so do you have a quote or mantra that you live by? I live by the quote that was said by my dad. He says, "Hard work will never pay off if you don't have the desire for it," which is basically saying that you can work so hard at anything in life but if you don't have the passion or desire to actually go out and complete it or compete or really whatever it is then it's not going to happen because you need to have that want for it to actually happen that's really powerful that's a really really powerful one because I know it's very common like a very common just quote that a lot of even coaches like to bring up is like how you have to have the hard work like you can't just have the talent but you also have to also have the hard work so like whatever I think it's hard work beats talent right is usually what it is yes but it's definitely a different perspective to think about it from the fact that you can have the hard work but if you don't truly care about it or want it then it doesn't really matter because the hard work's not going to be doing anything for you exactly yeah it's all about what you tell yourself and what you set in your mind I think that's where that moment that we were talking about earlier becomes really critical, that moment where you start to question whether you really want to be doing it or not, and you kind of have to make that decision of, like, do I really like this enough to keep going with it um, or not? And that's kind of that defining moment where you almost ask yourself that, like, is this worth the hard work? Do I care enough about it to put the hard work in and to know that this hard work is going to pay off for something that I want? Exactly. I really think that um, one thing that motivates me is knowing that I will – play division one in college That's gotta be motivating. I, I really do think that knowing that makes me never stop playing I think that really I mean I think in a lot of ways that's easily like the strongest motivating factor for a lot of just sports I think a lot of athletes in general too knowing that you can reach that next level because it takes a certain amount of obviously you have to have the talent too but like it takes a lot of hard work to get to that to get to that level so knowing that if you work hard enough that you're in a position where you can get to that next level has got to be going to be a somewhat special feeling, you know, especially when you like, cause you're on the path right now where you are putting in that hard work. Mm-hmm. So you will get there. And so that's pretty special. Definitely. Definitely. One thing that is scary. One thing that is, I'm going to, I'm going to wait. We have a, we have a dog. We have a dog here. <laughs> so. One thing that's definitely scary to think about the future is how much one injury can change your entire career. I've never had past trouble with huge injuries, but it's a scary thought. It's definitely a scary thought. 
And that's definitely something that I always think about and I will always keep in mind because I never want that to happen. It sucks because there are so many injuries that are like not really preventable and it like that part of it can be luck sometimes. I mean, obviously there are a lot that also are preventable, like the ones that I've had in track the past couple of years. Definitely preventable if I had gone into the season a little bit stronger because <laughs> the ones that I've had have been like coming from certain muscles just not being strong enough, which is why, right, that's why I worked on that this past year so that hopefully this season I don't have to deal with injuries because I'm so much stronger than I was last year. But in all, like in all of the sports, like if you, you can still do what it takes to make sure that you don't have the preventable injuries, but then the unpreventable ones can still happen. Exactly. So that's where you just got to. Yeah, I do. I really do agree with that, yes. And I feel like you're taking all the steps to make sure that the preventable ones don't happen too, especially with like training for track and all of the extra stuff that you do outside. So, yep. So I just want to wrap up with asking you what your goals for the upcoming season are because it's so soon and about to start soon for both of us, track and uh, tennis are starting soon. And I know know track goals, you might not have specific ones other than just getting faster because that's more – to serve you in tennis, mm-hmm. um, but for tennis. My goal this season is definitely the same. It has been the past two years is to win state. Um, I hope to do it by the end of high school, and I think that every year is another chance for me. Going into this season, I really do think that we have a very strong team, like I mentioned before. And there are no teams in districts that we necessarily have a challenge against. But, of course, once we reach regionals, it gets difficult. And state is such a game changer. The level at state is much higher than anything that we've seen in districts and regionals. As a team is a different competition actually than my own because as a line one player, you have a separate draw than your team does, which is called a ghost draw. So if your team loses as an individual, I can actually move on and win state even if my team does not. All right. Well, um, I think you have an exciting season ahead of you, and I'm excited to see what you do this year and excited for a fun track season too. You definitely make practice more fun. (laughs) Thank you. I'm so excited too. Thanks for coming on. Of course. Thank you, guys.